You are listening to RudolfSteinerAudio.com. If you are listening to the podcast of this, it is located at RudolfSteiner.Podbean.com. Please consider becoming a patron. As well, there are two publishing houses, SteinerBooks.org in America and RudolfSteinerPress.com in England, which are the sole publishers of Steiner into English and have given me permission to do these recordings. Please consider patronizing them as well. This is a reading of Collected Works, Volume 271 by Rudolf Steiner, entitled Art and Theory of Art, translated by Dorit Winter and Clifford Venno. This is the beginning of the set of eight lectures at the end. I am entitling these. Uh, this first lecture is Lecture 5.1. The one is that that's the first lecture, and the five stands for the fact that it's the fifth section in these audio files. So let's uh, call it Lecture 5.1. And it is entitled The Being of the Arts, and it was given in Berlin on October 28, 1909. Before us lies a broad, snow-covered plain, dotted here and there with frozen rivers and lakes. Farther on, an adjoining coastline, almost entirely frozen, where mighty blocks of ice float. And here and there stand low trees and groves, completely covered with snow and icicles. It is evening. The sun is already set, leaving a golden afterglow. Within this region stand two female figures. Out of the afterglow, a messenger is born, a messenger from higher worlds, is, as it were, sent forth, placing himself before the two women and listening intently to what they say about their innermost feelings, their innermost experiences. One of the women presses her limbs to her body, holds herself tightly together and says, I'm freezing. The other woman gazes out over the snow-covered plain, the frozen water, the trees hung with icicles, utterly oblivious to her own feelings and whatever she can feel of the frosty outer physical landscape. And these words escape her lips, How beautiful is the landscape all around me! She feels warmth stream into her heart, for she forgets everything she might feel through physical frost or physical influence. She is inwardly completely overwhelmed by the immense beauty of this frosty landscape. And the sun sinks lower, and the afterglow dims, and both women fall into a deep sleep. Into a sleep that might mean sheer death for her, sinks the one who had earlier felt the frost so strongly in her own body. While the other sinks into a sleep that shows the after-effect of the impression that caused her to exclaim, Oh, how beautiful! Her limbs are warm through and through, and inwardly she remains full of life in her sleep. From the youth who was born out of the sunset's afterglow, she hears the words, quote, You are art, close quote. Then she sleeps. And into her sleep, She brought all the results and impressions she experienced through the landscape, and into her sleep there entered something that was like a dream, though it was not really a dream, for in a certain way it was reality, a reality of a very special kind, dreamlike only in its form, the revelation of a reality that the soul of this woman could not easily have predicted earlier. For what she experienced was not a dream, but only had the appearance of a dream. 
What she experienced was something that can be designated as an astral imagination. And if we are to express what she experienced, we can only clothe it in words that provide pictures in which imaginative knowledge speaks. For in that moment the soul of the woman knew that what was indicated to her by the youth with the words, You are art, can only be spoken about intimately when one clothes the experience of imaginative knowledge in words. And so, let us clothe in words the impressions made by imaginative knowledge on the soul of this woman. When her inner sense awoke and she began to discern things, she perceived a remarkable figure, a figure that looked very different from how one might imagine a spiritual figure with one's merely physical cognition. The figure was lacking in physical sensory attributes. The spiritual figure was reminiscent of the physical sensory world only in that it displayed something like three interwoven circles, three circles that stood perpendicularly upon one another, as though one circle stood horizontally, the other vertically, and the third from right to left. And what flowed through these circles, what could be perceived, was not anything reminiscent of a physical sensory impression, but rather of something purely of a soul nature, something we can only compare to the sensations and feelings of the soul. Yet something streamed out of this figure that could be designated in no other way than by saying what streamed out was something like a deep, restrained, intimate grief, grief about something. And when the soul of the woman saw this, she decided to ask, quote, What is the cause of your grief? Close quote. The spirit-like figure then responded to the woman, quote, Oh, I have real reason for showing this mood, for I come from spiritual heights. I appear to you now as a human soul also appears, but to discover my origin, you must rise to great heights in the realm of the hierarchies. I descended this far from the higher hierarchies of existence. But human beings on the other side of life, in the physical world, in which we are not standing at present, have torn from me my last remaining offspring. The last who descended from me have they torn from me and took for themselves and chained him to a rock formation after first making him as small as possible. Close quote. Steiner again. Thereupon the soul of the woman raised itself up to ask, quote, Who exactly are you? I now can designate things only with words that are in my memory from life in the physical realm. How will you make me grasp your being and the being of your offspring that humans have chained? Close quote. Steiner again. And the spirit-like figure said, quote, Yonder in the physical world, human beings describe me as a sense, a very small sense. They describe me as the sense they call the sense of balance, which became small, comprising three not quite complete circles linked together in the ear. That is my last offspring. They tore him into the other world and took from him what he had here so that they could be free in all directions. They tore each of these circles and fastened each on 
every side to a ground. Here, as you see me here, I am not attached. Here I consist of complete circles in all directions. Here I am enclosed in all directions. Thus you come to see my true form. Close quote, Steiner again. Thereupon the soul of the woman raised itself up to ask, quote, How can I help you? Close quote. And the spirit-like figure said, quote, You can only help me by merging your soul with mine, by conveying to me all that the people over yonder in life experience through their sense of balance. Then you yourself will grow into me. Then you will become as large as I am. Then you will liberate your sense of balance and raise yourself spiritually freed above the earthly fetters. Close quote. Steiner again. And the soul of the woman did this. She became one with the spirit-like figure from above. And in becoming one with it, she noticed that she needed to do something. And she put one foot in front of the other, transformed stasis into movement, transformed movement into a round dance, and completed the round dance in the form. Quote, now you have transformed me, close quote, said the spirit-like figure. Quote, now I have become what I could become, only through you, when you carry yourself as you just did. Now I have become a part of you. I have become this, so that in this way people can have a presentiment of me. Now I have become the art of dance. Because you wanted to remain soul and did not merge with physical matter, you were able to free me. And at the same time, by stepping as you did, you led me up to the spiritual hierarchies to which I belong, to the spirits of motion. And by completing the round dance, you led me to the spirits of form. You led my very self to the spirits of form. But now you may not go further. For if you were to take only one more step than you did for me, all you accomplished would be in vain. For the spirits of form are those that had to bring everything about in the course of earthly time. If you were to step into that which is the task of the spirits of form, you would destroy everything you just accomplished. For you would have to fall into the region that is called burning desire in the description of astral worlds by those on the other side who speak to you out of spiritual realms. Your spiritual dance would be transformed into that which springs from wild desires when human beings practice nearly the only thing they know of me today when they practice their dance. But if you remain with what you did just now, then in the round dance, and in the completion of your round dance, you would be imitating the form of the mighty dance that was performed by the planets and sun in the regions of heaven to first make the physical sensory world possible. Close quote. Steiner again. The soul of the woman continued to live in this condition, and another spiritual figure approached her, Again, very, very different from what human beings, with their physical sensory perceptions, usually imagine the figure of spiritual beings to be. Something appeared before her, which was actually like a figure that is contained in a plane lacking three dimensions. But this figure had something very unusual about it. Although it was contained in this plane, 
The soul of the woman could always see it in its imaginative state from two sides, and it showed itself in two very different ways, now from this side, now from that. Again, the soul of the woman asked, Who then are you? And this figure said, quote, Oh, I hail from higher realms. I descended to the realm which is known by you as the realm of the spirit, and which here is called the realm of the archangels. I descended to this level. And I needed to descend in order to come into contact with the physical sensory realm of the earth. But human beings have torn the last of my offspring away from me, have taken him away, and over there they have chained him to their own physical sensory form, and over there they call him one of their senses, designating him as the sense of self-movement, as what lives in them when they move their limbs or parts of their organism. Close quote. And the soul of the woman asked, What can I do for you? Then this figure also said, quote, Unite your own being with mine, so that your being merges with mine. Close quote. The soul of the woman did so, and became one with the spiritual figure, slipping entirely into this spiritual figure. Again she grew, and again did the soul of the woman become lofty and beautiful, and that spiritual figure said to her, quote, You see, by doing this you have given yourself the possibility of drawing down a capacity into human souls, a capacity that comes to life in part of what the youth said to you, for thereby you have become what one designates as the art of mime, the art of expression through mime. Close quote. And because she still retained the memory of her earthly form, the soul of the woman which had only recently fallen asleep was able to pour into the form all that was in this spiritual figure. Thus she became the model of the mime artist. Quote, you may, however, go only so far, close quote, said the spirit-like fig- figure. Quote, you may now pour into the form only what you carry out as movement. If you were to pour in your own desires, in that very moment you would distort the form into a grimace, and that would be the end of the destiny of this art. That is what happened to the human beings over yonder. Their wishes and desires were mingled with their expression of mime, so that they themselves could come to expression in it. But you are to let only selflessness come to expression. Then you are the model for the art of mime. Close quote, Steiner again. And the soul of the woman continued to live in this state, and another spiritual figure approached, which in essence manifested itself as a line, moved only in a line. And when the soul of the woman noticed that this spiritual figure which moved in a line was also sorrowful, she asked, What can I do for you? And the figure said, Quote, O oh, I hail from higher regions, from higher spheres. But I descended to the realms of the hierarchies, to that realm which you designate in spiritual science as the region of the spirits of personality, which human beings possess only as an afterimage. Close quote. Steiner again. And this figure also had to confess that it had lost its last offspring when it made contact with human beings. And it continued, quote, 
There, on earth, human beings designate the last of my offspring as their sense of vitality, their sense of life, that through which they feel their own personality, that which pervades them as their immediate mood and their immediate contentment, and what they feel in themselves as the strengthening and establishing of their own form. But human beings have chained this sense within themselves. Close quote. Quote, what can I do for you? Close quote, asked the soul of the woman. And then again the spiritual figure requested, merge with my own being. Leave outside all that humans have of their own selfhood and merge with my own form. Flow together with me and become one with me. This the soul of the woman did. Then she noticed that although the figure was but stretched out in a line, she herself was filled with strength in all directions. She herself now filled out that form which she had on earth, which she now remembered, and which now appeared to her here as newly sparkling, as newly beautiful. Then the spiritual figure said, quote, You have achieved something through this your deed. It makes you singular in the great realm after which you were named. In this moment you have become what human beings on earth also have a possibility of becoming. You have become the archetype of sculpture. Close quote, Steiner again. The soul of the woman became the archetype of sculpture, and the archetype of sculpture could now pour a capacity into the souls of human beings because of what she had absorbed. Through that spirit of personality, she was now able to pour it into the souls of human beings. She had this as a capacity, and she thereby gave sculptural imagination to human beings on the earth the possibility of working in sculptural images. Quote, but you must not take another step. You must stay entirely within the form. For that which is within you may be carried up only as far as the spirits of form and their regions. Were you to go beyond that, you would have the effect of arousing human desire. If you do not remain as the noble form, then in your realm nothing good can appear. But if you remain in the noble framework of the form, then you may pour into that form what will become possible only in the far distant future. And then, although human beings are far from having achieved that form through which they can bring to life what today is controlled by quite different powers within them, then you may show them what humanity will one day be allowed to experience in a purified condition in the future planetary incarnation of Venus, when their form will have become a very different one. Then you may indicate that the human form of today will in future be pure and chaste. Close quote. Steiner again. And out of the ever-changing ocean of imaginative forms, there appeared something like the model of the Venus de Milo. Quote, you may go only to a certain boundary in the shaping of the form, in the moment that you overstep the form just a bit, thereby annihilating the strong personality that must keep the human form intact. You stand at the boundary of the beautiful, of what is possible in a work of art. Close quote. Steiner again. And out of the ever-changing ocean waves of the imaginative astral world, there appeared a figure. It showed how, through what was in it, 
the outer form of the human being had been carried to the very edge of where the form would renounce the coherence of the personality, where the personality would be lost if only another step were taken, and out of the astral images there appeared the figure of the Lake Leokoon. And the experiences of the woman's soul in the imaginative world continued. And now she came to a figure about which she realized, This does not exist yonder in the physical plane. Nothing like it exists in the physical plane. Only now do I get to know it. Various things in the physical realm are remotely reminiscent of this figure, but nowhere is this figure as complete as it is here. It was a wonderfully austere figure, which, having been asked by the soul of the woman, responded that it originated in wide regions, not merely high regions, that it needed for now to work in the realm of the hierarchies, called the realm of the spirits of form. Then the figure said to the soul of the woman, quote, Human beings on earth have never been able to produce any sort of image of me, have never been able to bring into being anything that completely corresponds to me. For my form as it is here does not exist on the physical plane. Therefore they had to dismember me. And by having been dismembered, I attained, that is, if you fulfill what you should fulfill, if you unite with me and become one with me, the possibility of giving you capacities so that you can lay the capacity of imagination into the souls of human beings. For because this capacity has been torn asunder in human beings, the totality can appear only here and there, torn into individual forms. Nothing about me can be called a human sense, but for that reason human beings were unable to chain me. They were only able to tear me into separate pieces. They took from me also my last offspring and tore him into individual pieces. Close quote Steiner again. And again the soul of the woman, not eschewing the sacrifice of being momentarily torn into pieces, united with this spiritual being. Then this spiritual figure said to her, quote, Now that you have done this, you again have become a part of what you were designated as a whole. You have become the archetype of architecture and the art of building. You can give human beings the archetype of architectural imagination if you pour that which you just achieved into the human soul. But you will be able to give them an architectural imagination that only shows them details and makes it possible for them to build structures that descend out of the spiritual world in an expansion from above downward as represented by the pyramids. You will make human beings capable of producing one kind of after-image of what I am only when you show them that they should only employ the art of building for a spiritual temple, not for something that serves some earthly purpose, and that this character should already be visible in the outer form. Close quote. Steiner again, and there now appeared, as earlier the pyramid had appeared out of this seething astral ocean, the Greek temple. And another form appeared out of the seething astral ocean, a form that did not strive from above downward, so as to become broader at the bottom, but instead strove upward, rejuvenating itself in an upward direction, 
a third form into which architectural imagination had to be torn. There appeared the Gothic cathedral. Then the soul of the woman continued to live in the imaginative world, and another figure approached her, even stranger than the previous one, and even more remarkable. Completely strange and remarkable, there streamed from it something like warming love, and then something quite frigid. "'Who are you?' asked the soul of the woman. The figure said, quote, "'Among those in the physical plane who report to human beings about the spiritual world, I have only one name in the proper form. Only they know how to properly designate me, for my name is Intuition. I am called Intuition.' and I come from a faraway realm. And by wandering from a faraway realm into the world, I descended from the realm of the seraphim. Close quote, Steiner again. The figure of intuition was a seraphic being. And again the soul of the woman asked, What do you want me to do? Quote, you must unite with me. You must dare to unite with me. Then you will be able to enkindle in the souls of human beings on earth a capacity which again is part of their imagination and by which you will become a member in what the youth earlier designated you as. Close quote. Steiner again. And the soul of the woman descended to perform this deed. And thereby she became also in outer appearance something quite foreign and quite strange as far as the outer physical human shape is concerned. It was something that can only be judged by one who can see deeply into the human soul itself. For the soul of the woman, the soul that had hitherto still possessed something etheric, had now become what can only be compared with something soul-like. The spiritual seraphic figure called intuition now said, quote, in exchange, you can now furnish human beings with the capacity of painterly imagination. Thereby, you became the archetype of painting. Thereby, you will be able to enkindle a capacity in human beings. One of their senses, the eye, E-Y-E, which contains something untouched by the self's own thought activity, which contains the comprehensive thinking of the outer world, that is the sense you will be able to bestow once you have the painterly imagination within you. And this sense will be able to recognize the soul being of what is otherwise lifeless and without soul by penetrating beyond the surface. And everything that otherwise appears to human beings on the surface of things, as color, as form, they will be able to ensoul through your capacity. They will treat it in such a way that soul will speak through form, and not only the outwardly visible color will speak, but through the color they conjure up on the surface, something from within the color will speak, just as everything that comes from me leads from the innermost outward. You will be able to give human beings the capacity that enables them to carry movement emanating from their own soul light even into lifeless nature which otherwise appears only as soulless color and form. You will give them that which transforms movement into rest, so that they can hold fast whatever is changeable in the outer physical world. You will teach them to hold fast the briefly shimmering color 
upon which the rising sun's ray darts the colors in lifeless nature. Close quote. Steiner again. And an image arose out of the seething ocean of the imaginative world, an image that represented landscape painting. And a second image arose, representing something else, which the spirit-like figure elucidated by saying, quote, Through the capacity that you are giving human beings, you will be able to teach them how to hold fast what endures for shorter or longer periods of time in human life what is experienced in a minute or an hour or in centuries and is concentrated in a short moment. When past and future mightily intersect, when these two movements of past and future meet, you will teach human beings how these two movements can be held fast as a stable calm in the center when they meet. Close quote. Steiner again. And there arose out of the surging world of imagination the image of the Last Supper by Leonardo da Vinci. Quote, but you will have difficulties as well, and the greatest difficulty will occur when you allow human beings to apply your capacity to whatever already contains movement and soul, whatever they have already injected with movement and soul from the physical plane. That is where you will most easily stumble. That will be the limit where the images of the archetype that you are may still be deemed art, and that is where danger will be. Close quote. Steiner again. And out of the surging world of imagination rose the image of the portrait. The soul of the woman continued to live in the imaginative world, and another figure approached her, again strange and unlike anything to be found in the physical world, again something that could be called a heavenly figure, not comparable to anything on the physical plane. And the soul of the woman asked, Who are you? The figure said, quote, Oh, there on the earth I have only one name that is used correctly by those who bring knowledge of the spiritual world to humanity. They call me inspiration. I come from a distant realm, but for the time being my place was in the region that on earth, where one speaks of the spiritual world, is known as the region of the cherubim. A figure from the realm of the cherubim separated itself out of the imaginative world. Again, after the soul of the woman had asked, What can I do for you? What should I do? The cherubinic figure said, You must transform yourself into me. You must become one with me. And in spite of the danger involved, the soul of the woman merged with the being of this cherubinic figure. She thus became even less like anything physical that is to be found on the face of the earth. If one could say of the earlier figure that at least something like an analogy of it exists on the earth, then one had to describe this cherubinic figure as something that bore within itself a being so foreign to anything on the earth that it could not be compared to anything there. And the soul of the woman became completely unlike anything earthly. She became such that one could observe, now she herself has gone over into the spiritual realm with her whole being, and she now belongs to the spiritual realm that cannot be found in the world of the senses. The figure then said, Because you have done this, you can now plant a capacity into human souls. And when this capacity rises on the earth in human souls, 
it will live in these souls as musical imagination. And with your capacity, you have become so foreign to the earth that human beings will be unable to take in anything from the outside and imprint it upon what the soul itself experiences under your inspiring influence. They must enkindle this on their own through a sense that they otherwise know in a very different way. For they must give the sense of tone a new form. They must find the musical tone in their own soul. They must create out of their own soul as from heavenly heights. And if human beings create in this way, then something will flow out of their own soul that will be like a human reflection of everything that flows and sprouts incompletely in nature. Then out of human souls will sprout something like a reflection of the trickling spring, the wind's effect, the rolling thunder. It will not be a copy of these things, but something that meets all of these splendors of nature that flow from unknown spiritual depths like a self-evident sister. Through this, human beings will become capable of creating something that enriches the earth, that is new on the earth, that without your capacity would not have existed, that is like a seed of the future on the earth. And you will give them the capacity to express what lives in their souls, which could never be expressed if they depended on what they now have, on thoughts and concepts. For all of the feelings that scorch the concepts, that would freeze if they were dependent on concepts, for all of the feelings toward which the concept would be fiercely hostile, you will give them the possibility of allowing the innermost being of the soul to breathe out on the wing of melody and song into the surroundings of the earth, and to imprint upon the surroundings of the earth something that would otherwise not be there. All of the complex, powerful feelings, all of the feelings that live like a mighty world within the human soul, feelings that could otherwise never be experiences in the outer world in this form, feelings that one could experience only if one traversed world history and heavenly space with the soul, all of these realms that cannot be experienced in the outer world because of all the cross-currents that would have to pass through centuries and millennia if one wished to know what human beings experienced here and there, all of this they will be able to bring together through your capacities into something they have won for themselves, into their symphonic musical works. Close quote. Steiner again. And the soul of the woman grasped how one brings down from spiritual heights of the world what is designated as inspiration and how this is to be expressed through the healthy human soul. She grasped that this could be expressed only when it was poured into tones. The soul of the woman now knew what the spiritual researcher himself describes as the world of inspiration, and how on the physical plane it can only be given through physical means of expression, so that it is not merely a copy, but can be present for human beings directly. Thus it could be given only in the musical work of art, and the soul of the woman understood that the musical work of art could express mighty events. How Uranus once enkindled his own feeling in Gaia's fire of love, and what happened when Kronos wanted to illuminate through the light of Zeus what lived in him as spiritual being. 
Such were the profound experiences undergone by the soul of that woman through contact with this cherubinic being. The soul of the woman continued to live into the imaginative world, and another figure approached, which was also very unlike anything on earth. And when the soul of the woman asked, Who are you? The spirit-like figure answered, quote, My name is correctly applied only by those yonder in the physical world who convey spiritual events through spiritual science. For I am imagination, and I come from a far distant realm. But from this far distant realm I entered the region of the hierarchies called the region of the spirits of will. Close quote. Steiner again. Quote, what should I do for you? Close quote. The soul of the woman asked once more. This figure also asked that the soul of the woman merge her own being with the figure of this spirit of the will. And once more the soul of the woman became something very different from the usual figure of the soul. She became entirely a soul figure. Quote, because you have done this, you are now able to breathe into human souls the capacity that human beings on earth experience as poetic imagination. You have become the archetype of poetic imagination, and through you human beings will become capable of expressing in their speech what they can never express as long as they cling only to the outer world and want to reproduce only things that exist in the physical world. You will give human beings the possibility of expressing through your imagination all that touches their own soul and could not be expressed in any other form, could not stream out of the human soul through earthly means of expression. You will give them the capacity to express these things. On the wings of your rhythms, your meters, and through everything that you will be able to give human beings, they will be capable of expressing something for which language would usually be far too crude an instrument. You will give them the possibility of bringing to expression that which could otherwise not be expressed. Close quote, Steiner again. And in the image of lyric poetry there appeared that which, through the centuries, had been passed from generation to generation and had inspired entire generations. Quote, you will also be able to summarize what could never be represented as one outer physical event. Your emissaries will be the bards, the poets of all ages. In epics they will summarize what is gathered from the wide circles of humanity. And the form that the human will assumes when passions storm against each other, that which human beings on earth, in the physical world, could never fight to the end, this you will be able to conjure up before them in scenes where you will show them how their colliding passions will cause the death of the one and the victory of the other. You will bestow on human beings the possibility of dramatic art. Close quote. Steiner again. And in that moment, the soul of the woman noticed in herself an inner experience, an inner experience that can only be identified with the expression that on earth is usually called waking up. What made her wake up? She awoke because she saw as in a mirror image something that does not exist on earth. She herself had become one with imagination. That which lives as poetry on earth 
is a mirror image of imagination. The mirror image of imagination is what the soul of the woman saw in poetry. That is what caused her to awaken. Although by awakening she had to leave the dreamlike sphere of spirit, she did at least enter into something similar, be it as a dead mirror image, to the spiritual vitality of imagination. That is what woke her up. And because she awoke, she was able to perceive that the night had passed. Once again the snow-covered landscape surrounded her. Again she saw the coast with the swimming icebergs, the icicles on the trees. But when she awoke, she noticed that next to her lay the other woman, as if frozen by the frost she had suffered, not warmed inwardly by what she had taken with her as the impression of this snowy landscape, expressed in the words, quote, Oh, how beautiful! Close quote. Now the soul of the woman, who had experienced all of this during the night, noticed that the other woman, who had almost frozen because she could experience nothing of the spiritual world, was human science. And she took her up so that she could share some of her warmth. She cared for and tended her, and the woman warmed up under the impression of what the soul of the other woman had brought back from the nighttime experiences. Yonder in the east the dawn shone into the landscape. The sun announced itself. The dawn grew redder and redder. And now that she was awake, the soul of that woman, who had had these nighttime experiences, could look and listen to what human beings on earth say when they perceive in themselves something of what can be experienced in the imaginative world. And from the choir of human beings she heard what the best among them let ring forth as their presentiments about what they themselves did not know directly through imagination, but let flow out of the profoundest depths of their soul as the touchstone for all of humanity. She heard the voice of a poet who once sensed the greatness of what is experienced by the human soul out of the world of imagination. She understood now that she had to become a savior of what was a half-frozen science. She understood that she must warm it and penetrate it with what she herself was, at first with what she was as art, and then that she had to communicate to this half-frozen science what she carried as memory of the nighttime dream. And she noticed how quickly what is half-frozen can come to life again, when what she has to communicate is taken up by science as knowledge. Once again she looked toward the dawn, and the dawn became a symbol for her of that out of which she herself had awoken, and a symbol of her own imaginations. She understood what the poet so wisely had uttered out of his own premonition, and what she heard from out of a new spirit sounded forth from the whole earth. Quote, Only through the dawn of beauty do you press on into the land of knowledge. Close quote. That is the end of Lecture 5.1.